Hello, and welcome to Homegrown KC, a podcast dedicated to exploring Kansas City's fascinating history and sharing stories from a church past. I'm your host, Laura. Join me today as we explore a piece of Kansas City's history. So, quick announcement. If you have not already heard, last week I put in my two-week notice at the insurance company. This Friday is my last day there. And on September 25th, next Monday, I will be starting my new job as the archivist of the Black Archives of Mid-America. I am... Absolutely stoked for this opportunity. It is an amazing institution that collects, preserves, and promotes black history in Kansas City. So, um, in celebration of my new job, next Monday I will be releasing my Patreon exclusive with Dr. Karma, the executive director, director of the Black Archives, to the general public. And I think I'm probably just going to leave that up for y'all for forever. Also, this is take two of this particular episode. Um, so, last two weeks ago, not last week, sorry. It's going so quickly. Two weeks ago, um, we had the opening weekend of the new aquarium at the Kansas City Zoo, Labor Day weekend 2023. My grandparents and I went on that Monday, and I got home. Recorded the podcast that night to tell y'all how awesome it was. And then at the end, for whatever reason, my recording equipment had failed and half of it was gone. I was super busy all that last week, out of town last weekend and all busy. um, No. Anyways, I've just been busy. So here it is. It's two weeks late. Quick reminder uh, for those of you who may not have listened Last summer, I visited the zoo with my nephew, his parents, and my mom, and made a mini-sode about how awesome the zoo is, so check that out if you haven't already done so. The Kansas City Zoo is inside Swope Park, which is a very, very large segment of land donated to the city by Colonel Thomas Swope in 1896. And he donated it to the city with the stipulation that they had to create a park, had to remain a green space. The plan for the zoo began in 1907, and the zoo finally opened in December 1909. At that time, there were four lions, a timber wolf, a fox, a badger, a lynx, an eagle, and three monkeys. Obviously, it's way bigger than that now. Millions of dollars have gone into expanding the zoo and improving the living conditions of the animals and improving the visitor experience. I would say particularly the last 20 years or so. So the latest expansion is obviously the aquarium. For opening weekend, you had to buy a timed ticket. I don't know if that is still the case. Honestly, I'm kind of guessing that it is because... There were just so many people there, they had to make sure that it wasn't everybody at once, you know? So there, have a time ticket, hopefully keep you on a rotation. 
uh, the ticket itself is included within the zoo ticket, so there's no additional charge. Admission is $20 for adults unless you live in Jackson or Clay County, that's $10. Kids two and under are free. If you're a member, you get four visits a year. Basic membership is $100 a year. Again, unless you live in Jackson or Clay County, that's 50 bucks a year. Uh, family basic membership, which is defined as two adults plus um, an unspecified number of children, is $185 a year unless you live in Jackson or Clay County, and then it's $92 a year. I get why it's those, well, actually, I'll take the back. I get why it's Johnson County. I don't necessarily get why it's Clay County. But, you know, if we could expand that over to Wyandotte County, that'd be cool. Anyways, anyways. Um, there are other levels of membership, of course. But, look, for most of you, all you need to know is it's $20 to get in. The zoo is open from 9.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. on weekends. Uh, I also noticed that they are now selling, and I don't know how long this has been going on, but I, I think it's awesome. Um, you can rent, not, not buy, rent a sensory bag, which includes um, noise-canceling headphones for those who are noise-sensitive. And weighted blankets are also available. So I love how inclusive that is. If you have any mobility issues, there are strollers and wheelchairs available for rent if you don't have your own. They also have multiple trams and trains to get you around the park faster. After last year's adventure, so I had suggested that we take my nephew to the, to the zoo. Um, he is obsessed with animals. They are his favorite. And he's actually been to several zoos. And counting the Kansas City, I think he's been to like five zoos. He's doing pretty good. <laughs> he's only six. Um, anyways, my sister-in-law had bought tickets for everyone and then we just gave her the money. So she also got what's called the Platinum Pass, which gives you unlimited access to the train, tram, carousel, skylift, and the boat cruise. So I told my grandparents, we absolutely have to get this pass. And I had misremembered. I had told them to get the gold pass, which they did. You know, same thing. I gave them the money for the ticket. Um, the gold pass is $8. It gives you unlimited access to the train, the tram, and the carousel. There's a carousel. Um, but not the Skylift or the boat cruise. And the platinum is $12, so it's not that much difference. Um, anyways, we had the gold pass. However, um... They weren't checking very closely, and we didn't realize this until, you know, we got home anyways. Um, but yeah, we totally rode the Skylift and the boat. And it's so worth it. Okay. Love, rode the Skylift last year, loved it. Loved it again this year. My grandparents enjoyed it. Um, but did not ride on the boat last year, so I was like, I really, really want to do that this year. So glad that we did. Um, I would love to say that the aquarium was my favorite part of this adventure because that's what we had gone there to see. But I think the boat was my favorite part. Um, look, they don't just take you from one end of the lake to the other, and actually it's a really small lake. They, like, take this windy route across it to make the trip last longer. And then while you're there, there's one uh, person driving... And then there's another person who is sharing facts about the zoo and the animals. And I was like, oh, yes, this is what I want. 
I love to come and see the animals, but like to actually learn stuff is even better. So that's why I loved it so much. All right. It's been almost 10 minutes. Let's actually talk about the aquarium, which is super amazing. Please um, don't take my love of the boat as um, any sort of derogatory statement against the aquarium. Absolutely not. It's called Sobella, and I was like, okay, who is Sobella? I've never heard of this person. Wrong. Um, it's actually an acronym of the first letters of the first names of the grandchildren. That's a little bit of a mouthful. Of Barnett and Shirley Helsberg of Helsberg Diamonds. Um, they are major, major donors to the zoo, particularly this aquarium. So the folks in charge were like, well, here, you get to pick the name. And they pick Sobella. Um, their grandchildren's names are Sawyer, Oliver, Benton, Elias. Pretty sure I said that right. Leo, Amelia, and Arthur. So Sabella only has one A. I guess those two are sharing. It is smaller than I thought it would be based on all of the dimensions and stuff that I've heard about it before I went to see it. Um, but I think it's more because. They built it in such a way that it's really compact. So it holds 650,000 gallons of salt water. It's all salt water, no fresh water. And there are over 8,000 total animals and over 200 species. So they really packed a lot in there. And not in a, this is poorly constructed, overcrowded, and I can't see anything and, and enjoy it sort of way. No, they actually did a really good job with the setup. There's like, you walk in, entrance and exit are the same, obviously, it's pretty usual. Also, real quick, um, I know it's because it's brand, brand new, this was opening weekend, but ooh, those were nice bathrooms. I, I, in my older age, have gotten really judgy on bathrooms. Um, so these are all gender neutral. They're not separated by gender. Woohoo. And rather than, uh, you know, a bunch of stalls where you're like, oh my God, there's this foot gap between the bottom of the door and the, um, of the floor. Or there's a big gap in the slats or whatever. Um, it's like, it's like a box, like when you open the door, you go in, you got plenty of room, you got toilet and sink. Oh, no, I don't remember. Was there, I think it was communal sinks. Um, but you get plenty of room. They're not cramped. You open the door, you go in, you close the door, and you are completely encased. There are no gaps anywhere. It's very nice. Anyways, um, so you, when you walk in, Sorry, this is where I was actually starting to go with this. There's a, a it's like a one-way path, um, but it's nice and wide. You have plenty of room to walk around. Even as many people as were there opening weekend, uh, there was really no issue viewing the displays, um, and everyone was really well behaved and really considerate. My grandmother said the thing that she enjoyed the most were the little kids. So, if you have children, like, I super, super recommend you go, whether you live in town or out of town. 
um, or take your niece and nephew. I really want to take my nieces and nephews. The parents didn't want to go opening weekend because it's going to be too crowded. On the one hand, I get that. On the other, so busy this month. Um, but they were just, they were so excited to see these animals and so enraptured with them. Um, at one end of the displays, exhibits, I'm not really sure what they call. I'm not sure what they call it when it's an aquarium. Um, where, where you're looking at the fish. Um, this tank was full of multiple kinds of tropical fish. But there was one little boy who kept yelling, I found Dory! I found Dory! And I'm like, yeah, you did, buddy. Anyways, let's start over. So, there are lots and lots of jellyfish. Um, they looked a little bit different than jellyfish that I've seen in other aquariums. So, it must be a different breed. I'm not entirely sure. But some of them were uber tiny. Like, they were as small as my pinky fingernail. I've never seen them that small before. Uh, also, there are seahorses, which was really cool. I feel like I've never seen a seahorse in real life before. I feel like I've only ever seen them, like, animated, right? Like Little Mermaid or something. And I was telling my coworker about them, and she's like, have you heard about a sea dragon? I'm like, oh my god, that sounds amazing. What is it? It's like a really large seahorse, and it's got all this extra stuff floating on it. So if it's sitting still, it looks like it's part of the kelp. It's so cool. Y'all need to look up um, sea dragon. There, like I said, are lots and lots of tropical fish. There are some eels. Um, little little mermaid, mermaid, like, kind of traumatized me. I, I don't like eels. A little too snake-like and just... Eh, sorry. I'm sure they're important to the environment. There are crabs. There's an orange lobster, which is super rare. It's something like one out of ten million. Um, there's a blue lobster at St. Louis, which is one out of 30-ish. Either that or I've got the two mixed up, but whatever. Orange lobster is super rare. Um, lots of mussels. There are some horseshoe crabs. That was cool. I don't think I've ever seen them before. Um, and you could touch them under supervision. They're, they have a little, um, not sure what the word I'm looking for is here. A little touch area. Um, stingrays. Those are actually pretty cool. Have you ever seen the bottom of a stingray? They look like they're smiling all the time. It's very cute. Um, starfish. They have a bright, bright blue starfish. Super pretty. I'm going to get photos of all of this up on Instagram and Facebook and other social medias. I would have done it sooner, but I really wanted it to coincide with the um, mini sub. There are um, bonehead sharks, which are like little baby sharks. They're really small, like the size of your arm. There's a brown shark, um, which is... I think that one was fairly decent-sized. There are four sand tiger sharks. Two octopi? Um, octopus? Two octopus? Not sure what the plural is, but I'm very sure it's not octopuses, because that sounds really weird and a little bit gross. Um, I love octopus. Because they are so cool. Have you seen Finding Dory? If not, why have you not seen Finding Dory? And also Finding Nemo. But there's an octopus in Finding Dory. And he can unlock any lock. He can walk on land. He doesn't need the water to breathe. He's cool with that. And he can also um, change the color of his skin to camouflage. And all of that is 100% factual. 
They are ridiculously smart. They can open up any lock or puzzle that you give them. They can squish their body down to like a two-inch diameter and fit through any hole. Um, they're also a little bit aggressive. Like they, they're solo creatures. If they see another one, they kind of fight a little bit. Apparently, so um, they got to keep them separate when they're in the tanks. But they're so cool. Um, there are sea otters, very cute, and. I think this one is tied with my love of the octopus, but they have a rescued sea turtle named Tortellini. Oh, my heart. Tortellini the sea turtle. It's so adorable. Um, she was run over by a boat, and the propeller damaged her shell, so she doesn't swim very well, and she can't live in the wild on her own, so she is a rescue. The sea otters are also rescues, although I don't remember why. Um... From what I read on the website and in some articles, it sounds like they're going to take in more rescued otter pups in the future, which I super love that. They're going to be working with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch Program to, quote, help consumers choose seafood that is fished or farmed in ways that are healthier for ocean animal welfare and the environment, hoping to ensure the conservation of endangered species of coral found off the coast of the U.S. and in the Caribbean and partnering with rescue centers to provide a home for sea otters when returning them to the ocean is not a viable option. End quote. So yeah, we're going to get more sea otters. What I love about this aquarium the most, number one, is promotion of conservation and education on wildlife and environmental concerns. They had some panels up that talked about um, environmental concerns, pollution. In my opinion, they could have had a few more. Uh, I also hope that once the flood dies down, that they will organize programming and talks and stuff like that. And number two, they grew their own coral. So you may or may not know this. Coral is actually not a plant. It looks like a plant. It's not a plant. It is an animal. It is an invertebrate, meaning it does not have any bones. Also, I found out there are 6,000 species of coral in the world. Did not know that. I was like, yeah, I know there's a few. There's like maybe 10. No, 6,000. They are one of the single most important things within the ocean. They provide a living space for thousands of varieties of fish and plants. They act as barriers and reduce wave impacts on land. But thanks to humans, um, pollution, chemicals, and sunscreen, I think everyone knows about that one, um, rising temperature oceans, y'all, our pollution is changing the chemical molecular structure of seawater. It is becoming more acidic from absorbing higher levels of CO2, which is carbon dioxide. I think we've all heard of the rising sea oceans. At least I hope we have. Um, I think we've all heard, especially this summer, about rising temperatures. Um, that was a big thing in Florida this summer. Researching for this minisode is the first I've heard about the seawater becoming more acidic because the chemicals are changing because of pollution. Ah. Uh, also, this like needs to be talked about more, but just, ah, uh, humans. Because of all this, coral around the world are dying. It's really bad. So you can't just like transport coral from one area to another. I mean, you are going to hurt the creature, first of all. Second of all, you are damaging the environment. 
So the zoo grew their own coral. Love it. Um, caring for animal rescues is very close third. They can definitely, and I think this is a part of the panels and the talks, talk about more about the risks to coral and preservation efforts. I wanted to look up how they grew their coral, and I found that homegrown coral is like a popular hobby. I'm still wrapping my brain around this. First of all, if you work at the zoo or any other zoo or aquarium and you know how a professional aquarium would grow their own coral, please reach out to me. I seriously want to learn about this. But this homegrown coral, I'm like, yeah, not so great. Apparently it's been a thing since like the 90s and it gets more popular every year. Hella expensive, obviously. Um, but like kind of dangerous. So one of the articles I read, I think this was the New Yorker or Washington. No, I think it was Washington Post. It was talking about this phenomenon of growing your own coral as a hobby and then it, it gave an example of a family in Australia that used some unspecified cleaner in their tank, and the coral was like, danger, danger, reacted defensively, spewed amongst of toxin into the air, and the family like almost died overnight because of it. So, thinking maybe don't do this. This is a bad idea, people. Uh, leave it to the professionals. <laughs> um... Yeah, the, the article didn't specify how a professional would actually go about this. So, honestly, if you know the answer, please hit me up. If you're like, hey, I'm one of those idiots that is growing their own coral just for fun, don't message me. <laughs> Alright, um, as usual, I got to the end of the episode without realizing it. So, that is the end of today's episode. Thank you for joining me on this adventure mini-sub. Our zoo is awesome. If you live in the area, if you are visiting, highly recommend it. Please, please go. Again, listen to my other mini-sode on the zoo itself. Someday I'll do um, uh, the zoo as a topic. I have no idea when. Oh, also, um, find my YouTube page, and I have a video on there from the Skylift from last year's visit. Um, it's pretty fun. One last announcement before I sign off. Um, as most of you know, I was going to begin Series 8 at the end of this month. Series 8, all about that jazz, is going to dive deeper into KC jazz history and give you some biographical information about various jazz musicians. I'm not saying I'm not going to do it. I still want to. It's just that as busy I've been traveling I did last weekend and transitioning jobs I've been doing a lot of studying and prep work for the archives and I just haven't had time to start on series eight so honestly at this point I'm thinking it's probably going to be October before topic one is out so sorry all right I hope you will consider becoming a financial supporter of the show there are a few ways you can do so you can subscribe to patreon.com slash homegrownkc or redcircle.com slash homegrownkc. You can give a one-time donation at redcircle.com slash homegrownkc or at coffee.com slash homegrownkc. That's ko-fi.com. You can give as little or as much as you want per month, even as little as $1. 
when you become a subscriber, you'll be charged on the first day that you sign up and then on the first of every month afterwards. And you get three things. You get an item from the merchandise store valued at $5 or less. You get a shout out on every episode and social media post. Thank you, Joan Bjorn, for your support. You also get access to exclusive bonus content featuring other local historians, archivists, and museum curators. Those conversations are a lot of fun. Y'all would love them. To get an idea of what they sound like, you can listen to my conversation with Dr. Karma, which will be released next month, and my conversation with Second Chief Louis Libby of the Wyandotte Nation of Kansas. If you simply give a donation, you will receive an ap- a shout-out on the next available episode, but you do not get access to the bonus content or anything from the merchandise store. Additionally, if you give a donation on Coffee, that's ko-fi.com, 1% automatically goes to help fight climate change. Also, you can now send me stars on Facebook. As far as I can tell, the way it works is you buy a star, and then when you give me a star, I get a percentage of whatever you paid for it. I think it's a dollar per star. So, anything you can do to help, always appreciated. Everything that is donated through Red Circle or Patreon goes to my gas to help me get around town as I do research. Everything donated on coffee, excuse me, is going to go to um, or towards updated equipment. Um, Specifically, I need a newer laptop. This baby's getting old. Um, A new digital camera would be nice as well. Right now, I just used my phone camera, which is also getting kind of old. If you cannot subscribe, um, try that again. If you cannot subscribe and therefore support me monetarily, I understand. Economy is tough right now. You can still support me by liking, following, and subscribing to all my social media pages. That's Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube. Tell your friends and family about me, your coworkers, your neighbors, homegrown KC everywhere, and rate and review me wherever you listen, but especially on Apple Podcasts. You can visit my website for additional information on every topic. That's homegrownkc.wordpress.com. It's also the only location that you can sign up for my newsletter. Once a month, you're going to get an email that says, here's what's new and what's going on to look forward to. It's a great way to stay up to date with the podcast. I will not spam you every day. That is annoying. Just once a month. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or episode suggestions, you can reach me at homegrownkcpodcast at gmail.com or DM me on any of my social media networks. To see what's available at the merchandise store, visit zazzle.com slash store slash homegrown underscore kc underscore store. That's www.zazzle.com. As always, thank you goes out to my talented sister-in-law, Sarah McCombs, for the creation of my logo, to the dear missus for the use of their song Kansas City as the intro and outro music of every episode, and to local libraries which enable me to gather all my research. And thank you for listening. Cheers.
can't seem to shake this feeling And I can't seem to get you off my mind I've lost my nerve forever And I know that it's now or never Try and see this through oh, Dire loose ends up with bow and start anew We could talk through the nights on the phone Dragon